Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky i am dean linky this is the united soccer coaches podcast and it is presented by league apps how awesome was the euros of course united soccer coaches was over there with generation adidas international that was incredible and of course the coverage on espn out of this world danielle slayton did such a great job over there. Of course, she won a national championship at Santa Clara. She won a WUSA title with the Carolina Courage. She played for the national team for multiple years. She'll kick off the show. After her, Bailey Conklin, who does such great work for United Soccer Coaches and the marketing department. She's very involved in this podcast, so it's only fitting we put the spotlight on her and we end with a visit with another member of the 30 Under 30 class. We're almost done. We meet Matt Pitt today. That's our show, and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, League Apps. We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform, so you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gaps. Of course, all of us, all of us were caught up in the frenzy of the Euros, the women's championships where nearly 90,000 at Wembley for the final when England knocked off Germany in their home country. It was incredible. And speaking of incredible, as it relates to women's soccer, I've always, always, always enjoyed Danielle Slayton. She was a national champion at Santa Clara. She was a national champion of the Carolina Courage. Danielle's on TV all over the place. She is a leader. She is just a wonderful human being. Danielle, you did a great job covering the Euros. I mean that. You were awesome. So thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so soaking it all in, first of all, the soccer was amazing. And even watching it, you know, I'm thinking about Spain and the way they were playing and how beautiful it was. And then watching it all the way through to see England win and the will and the fortitude. Like, upon reflection, just talk about how amazing it was. It, I mean, I, I feel like often in the media, we use hyperbole when we shouldn't, right? It was amazing. It was incredible. But I actually really think those words apply to this tournament to this event. Um, it felt very much like a historical moment in women's soccer, in women's sports, much like the way that 1999 felt. Um, and the U.S. women winning the World Cup back then. Um, but it was just great from start to finish. The crew we had at ESPN was fabulous to work with. Um, the soccer on the pitch was amazing. And, you know, if you get a, a, a decent 
media group and you get amazing soccer as somebody who's an analyst you just try not to mess it up too much and get get out of the way when you can and i felt like we did a pretty good job of that and just credit goes to the the women and everyone who put on that event and participated because it was just such a a fantastic event to be a part of. I want to get more into your role as a broadcaster, but sticking with the Euro sidebar, you know, I mentioned Spain and the fact that I felt like this tournament got me, Danielle, somebody who loves soccer well before they were in the knockout round, just because of the beautiful play. They were, they're so fun to watch. And quite frankly, I mean, they could have won this tournament if they hadn't had the injuries. I think that they suffered. Um, Alexia Putelas, who's kind of their number 10 and Jenny Hermoso, their striker, both went down with injury right before the tournament. And so you think you add that depth into what you saw and they are going to be a force to be reckoned with looking ahead to the, the world cup next summer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's one of the things that is so special uh, as we're seeing the women's game grow is you're starting to see the identity of these teams and, and their style of play really come through. You see that in Spain. It is beautiful. I mean, they can just knock the ball around like nobody's business. Sometimes I get frustrated because I feel like they want to walk the ball into the, into the goal. And I'm like, just shoot for the love. Come on. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, I, I really think that they were a favorite and probably could have been a favorite um, even more so had they not faced the injuries they faced early on. Danielle, knowing where you've come from and all you've accomplished, and I think I want to remind everybody that you used to be a world-class, I think, gymnast. Is that right? Oh, ballet. Ballet. Okay. World-class <laughs> ballet. Yeah. I, I, I always embarrass you, Danielle, when I bring this up. I apologize. But, you know, you start as world-class ballet and you turn into this elite level soccer player. You win the national championship. You play for the courage. You play for the U.S. national team. And you do it all along as kind of, you know, you and Julie and all of these great pioneers to get to this point. And now that you're at this point and you're at the Urals and you, you see all these people in the stands and you see the numbers for viewers of the game, how does that make you feel coming from what you did back then and where you are now? I think, I, I think I'm of two minds. I think you see the progress and you feel really proud to be having played a small role in that you see the growth of the game you see where we are and it's it's just really incredible to to see what these players are getting to do now the fan support um the money that they're making like all of that makes me feel really proud i also at the same time think man we still have a ways to go um and so there's still that fire in my belly to to make sure that I do my part and I use my platform to continue to, to move things forward in a positive direction. But, you know, overall, the feelings are good. They're positive. Um, but at the same time, like there's still there's still work to be done. And I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it and willing to do it. I want to get to some of the work that you're doing as well. But again, kind of going back to the Euros, as I look at it, as you're a former member of the U.S. national team, Man, I, I do not see a World Cup being easy anymore. Not that it ever was, because it wasn't. <laughs> but, I mean, it's going to be hard for the U.S. a power, I think, for years to come. It, it it certainly is, and it's supposed to be that way. I mean, that's that's great about it. I think, you know, members of the women's national team, as they won the CONCACAF championships, had a half an eye on what was going on in Europe and, and with that tournament, for sure. Um, but what you know about the women's national team back when we were playing and today is 
this team will be ready. This team uh, knows that they are the defending World Cup champions two times over. They want to go for a three-peat. Uh, and I think that seeing the fan support, seeing the level of play that we saw from the Euros and knowing all these women on the national team are watching it, it gets them fired up. It gets them more motivated to make sure that they're at the top of their game come next summer. And I just think it's it's a thing where success can beget more competition, begets more success, and it just continues to, to increase and raise the level of play. And I think, you know, we're going to see a World Cup coming up this summer that has 32 teams for the first time ever in history. So I do think there'll be There'll be some lopsided score lines as we see every time when there's expansion to the tournament. Um, but I also think too, we're going to see some of the best soccer we've ever seen. Uh, and it's must see TV as far as I'm concerned. Coming off the Euros, we're here with Danielle Slayton, part of the amazing coverage for ESPN as they covered the Euros from start to finish. Just amazing, Danielle. One more question about the U.S. team as it relates to what you just saw in the Euros and your comment about competitive begets competitive. I love that comment because there's some young players coming in and you've been a part of it. You have seen over the years when they've got to make that youth movement, when they got to bring in the new wave. I feel like we're getting closer to that. I mean, I think we have seen Vlatko bring in a lot of younger players. We've seen in many ways um, some measure of turnover. Um, I, I'll be interested to see who is uh, of the older players and more veteran players, who's coming back, who is healthy, who he decides to bring along and who he decides to leave out. Um, but I do feel like we're getting to that point in the cycle about a year out of, okay, some consistency needs to, to start to happen. And we need to have a, a, a good handle on, you know, who's potentially going to be the starting 11 or, you know, let's just say the starting like 16. So the regular subs that are coming off of the bench, if you will. And when I look to the Euros, for example, you look at Serena Vigman, the coach of the English women's national team. She had the same starting 11 for every match of that tournament. And I'm not saying that that has to be the way that it's done. I think that's not necessarily always right, but she, her hand wasn't forced. She doesn't have, right. she didn't have to deal with yellow card accumulation or injuries or anything. So she had the luxury of doing that, but there's something to be said about having that stability and that security. And I think we're starting to get to the point with the U S team of, okay, let's start to get a little bit of a firmer picture of who, who this team is going to be and who these 11 are going to be come the next World Cup. Um, and so I'll be interested to see how Vlatko kind of rolls out and handles things with these friendlies coming up. I saw that there was a big announcement today. Actually, the U.S. Women's National Team is going to play England in October at Wembley. Wow. So there's some big, uh, big matches coming up. I think it's great. They got to get out of the U.S. and play in these high pressure environments in Europe like we've seen. So I think there's um, some exciting times ahead and I'm interested to see how Vlatko navigates it and who's going to also be back from injury or from pregnancy and ultimately who's going to make that roster. We'll continue to watch that as we're kicking off the United Soccer Coaches podcast with the great Danielle Slayton. And Danielle, you know, we talk about all the things you do, but I want you to use this platform on the United Soccer Coaches podcast to get us caught up to speed on everything you're doing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> trying, to, trying to be a mom and stay sane. Um, but I would say the biggest kind of thing that has my attention now that the Euros are over is we're really trying to bring an NWSL team to the Bay Area. Um, so that's, you know, a part of a project I've been 
been a part of with Leslie Osborne, Brandy Chastain, Allie Wagner, and, and a great network of women and people out here in the Bay Area. And we're really hoping that we can get an expansion team in the near future, be a part of the professional women's game in this country. I think you see that again, not to keep going back to the Euros, but there's a reason that England won that championship. There's a reason that Germany was in the final. It's because they have such a strong club and league system in their country. Um, we see the importance of the NWSL and professional women's soccer here in the United States. And we want to be a part of it. We want to be an, another athlete voice, um, making sure that that players and athletes have a space to express themselves that are safe in our sport and that all of the time get to do what they love, which is play this incredible game that's given so much to me. And I'm I'm excited to, to hopefully crossing my fingers and toes and everything else, uh, be a part of it in a new and different way um, as we bring a team to the Bay Area. I get the feeling that's not an if, but a win. You guys will make that happen. I hope so. I just hope it happens sooner rather than later. That, that's the goal, Dean. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think this is a great place. It could, you know, talk for a whole hour on this topic, but I'm really excited about what we've put together here and to continue to share it with our local community and eventually the nation and the world at large. Just a couple more questions with Danielle Slayton, and we'll let her get back to being a mom, which, by the way, she is a mom, and she's getting ready to be a mom again. Danielle, tell me uh, when you're due again. Due in November with a second little baby boy. All right. And you've got a little man, his name and age? Johnny is two and a half, so... We are crazy in this house for sure. <laughs> incredible, incredible. Well, one of the questions I wanted to ask, I talked about your amazing career and now, and you just talked about some of the people that you interface with either in college or at uh, the pro level or the national team level. When you look around and see all of you that I, you know, I labeled as pioneers doing great things in the game and you get to kind of reconnect with them, you know, 15, 20 years later, I don't know how many years, Daniel, I won't age you right there, but how cool is that? It's, I mean, it's really cool, you know, getting to, to do the Euros and cover, you know, the, the tournament with Julie Foudy and Lori Lindsay and, you know, Steffi Jones, who I used to play against in the WUSA. Um, it's a real honor. It's a real privilege. It's like our, you know, our little alumni class getting together in different ways as we, um, as we continue to, to have different touch points in our game. But I think to me, what even like stands out more is just watching my former teammates and these other women continuing to do great things in our game. And I think for a long time, I thought, you know, there's these really smart people in the world who are shaping our sport and who are making these decisions and investments and all of these things. But like, we're just players, like, what do we know? And I think the more I've seen women continue to get involved, you look at Cindy Parlow being, you know, president of US soccer, you look at all of these women who are uh, owners in Angel City FC. And I think, wow, we're, we know some stuff and we now is our time to be able to continue to, to expand our role and to, to express our voice and to really make a difference in this world. Like we have a lot to offer and I think we've trained our whole life to solve problems and to see what's given to us and make smart decisions on the field and now in organizations and in boardrooms. And so to me, I think that's what's even more inspiring is just like, 
I look around and I thought, you know, when I was a player, I got to play with the most badass women in the world. And now I still get to interact with the most badass women in the world. And we're doing things that are even bigger and more important than kicking a soccer ball around. And so to me, I think that's what's really inspiring at the moment. And that's what's really driving me to make sure I continue to, to do my part um, and to play my role and to figure out how I can continue to have a more positive effect on the next generation to come. As we close out, I want to be reflective. And then I want to ask you how being a coach, even for a short time, helped you be who you are today. So just be thinking about that. But I want to remind everybody that I first met Danielle Slayton when she was a superstar defender after winning the national championship at Santa Clara, was named the WSA Defender of the Year, was a warrior. I think she played hurt the entire time as well and helped our team to a WSA championship. Then she went on to coaching where I interfaced with her at the Big Ten Network and got to know her there. I knew she would be at Automatic as a broadcaster, joined her on the Big Ten, joined her on the actually NSCAA TV Game of the Week as well, and then continued to keep in touch and see her rise always with this this kindness. In fact, my mom and dad still ask about you, Danielle. Um, yeah, they really do. Yeah. And um, you've always carried yourself that same way. So as we wrap, first of all, thank you for being you and for, for doing that and for continuing to be a great leader in the game. But going back to what I told you, I was going to ask you being a coach in the middle of all these great things that you've done, how has that helped you be Danielle Slayton? Ugh, I mean, in so many ways, I mean, I think about soccer in general and all that it's given me and taught me, but when you specifically hone in on the coaching piece, I think about two things. I think one, coaching is about connection and about people, and it's about listening to your players and really trying to, to meet them where they are and understand where that footing is. I'll never forget um, when I was at Northwestern coaching, I remember I was coaching the defenders and I was saying like something like, oh, well, you have to be goal side and ball side. To me, something that had been trained in my brain for my whole life, when you're defending a forward, you have to be closer to the ball and closer to the goal than, than she is. And I remember one of my defenders looking at me and she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I thought, oh, wow, you're a college junior and you have no idea. To me, what was a very basic, fundamental piece of being able to defend. And I remember having to like take a step back and a little bit shame on me. Like I didn't, I didn't see that until far too late. I didn't recognize that until far too late. But then it was going back and saying, okay, let's simplify. Let me meet you where you are and let me help you get to where I think you need to be and where, and in a way that I think I can help you do that. And so I think that's a really important piece um, of listening and meeting players where they are. And then I think it's the same thing I learn in, in media all the time communicate effectively and making sure that I get to the point. I have something in my mind and I say it succinctly and clearly and honestly. Um, I always respected the coaches who, even when they had to deliver bad news to me, they told me straight up and I knew where I stood. And so that to me was always something I really valued as a coach. How can I listen to my players and, and meet them where they are? And then how can I communicate to them honestly and openly so they're learning, so they know where they stand and so I can get the best out of them? What a fantastic answer. And I really appreciate you giving us extra time for that answer, Danielle Slayton. Continue to do great things. And thank you so much for 
directly coming off the Euros and being timely for us and, and for all you do for the game. I really appreciate it. Good to see you, Danielle. Thanks for kicking off our show. Thanks, Dean. That was the great Danielle Slayton kicking off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. When we return, we meet another outstanding staff member of United Soccer Coaches, a key part of this podcast, Bailey Conklin on the bounce. Performance analysis is now recognized as having a crucial role to play in any coaching program. United Soccer Coaches Performance Analysis Level 1 Special Topics Diploma will provide coaches with real-world examples of how analysis is being used to enhance the individual player development process and maximize team performance. Additionally, successful candidates will achieve Level 1 accreditation as an Applied Performance Analyst from the International Society of Performance Analysis of Sport. Register now by visiting the Master Course Schedule on unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gaps. I want to thank the great Danielle Slayton for not only telling the story of the Euros, but her passion for the women's game, including her interest in becoming an owner, so to speak, of a team in the Bay Area for the NWSL. As promised, Bailey Conklin now joins us. She is the marketing and communications manager for United Soccer Coaches. And as I mentioned, when we went to break, a key part of this podcast each and every week. So it's only fitting that we finally get her on and get to know her just a little bit better. Bailey Conklin, indeed. Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thank you, Dean. Excited to be on. Yeah, well, let's start with the fact that you really do play a key role every week. You and I kind of talk about who's going to be on. And more importantly, we gather photos and social media handles to properly promote it. I love working with you on the podcast. Please tell me that you enjoy working on the podcast. Absolutely. And I mean, you make it easy. You obviously have a vast network of people that we can get onto the show. And and it's great to have those different voices from those different aspects of the game. And so every week it's a, it's a new grab bag of personalities and different initiatives going on. So it's always exciting and it's always fun to be a part of. I know I am going to sound like a sycophant, one of my favorite words, but there's not too many people that can follow Danielle Slayton Bailey, but the little bit that I know about you, you indeed can follow her. She's a true pioneer, by the way. You know that, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the joys of the podcast is getting to dive a little deeper into the people you have on and become new fans of people. All right, Bailey, how many years have you now been with United Soccer Coaches? So full time, I'm actually coming up on three years. I first learned about the association when I was still in college. I actually had a classmate who was an intern. And so through her, I was able to get an internship. And then that's where I was introduced to the association. After the internship, I came back and I did some freelance work when they were moving over website assets. And they've called me back again. And I'm full time now. Well, let's get to know Bailey Conklin. Tell us uh, where you grew up. Tell us about your family, brothers and sisters, where you went to college, and then how United Soccer Coaches found you. So that's a more open-ended question where I'm hoping you can fill in all the gaps. I'm a native Kansas Cityan, tried and true. I grew up here my whole life about really 20 minutes from our current national office. And so I've always been here, always been a fan of, of course, our Sporting Kansas City and now our NWSL affiliate, the KC Current. Always fun to have the opportunity to go to those games. I have 
a full brother. He's actually down working in Huntsville, Alabama. I like to say I got the sports gene because he probably could not care less about, about sports. So I hold up on that side. I went to college at Baker University in Baldwin City, Kansas, where I majored in a bachelor's of science in sports media. So a lot of uh, media-based classes, editing, both writing and speaking. So that was kind of where I spent my focus and got the opportunity to do interviews and really learn more about the athlete and the student-athlete experience, which, of course, works out great here where we have such a huge awards and recognition program where we get to highlight those athletes too. Besides my internship and coming back to do freelance work, our old marketing director, he actually reached out because he knew me from that internship when they had an open space. And so I joined the crew October of 2019 and I came on as a marketing coordinator. So just dipping my foot into some of the email marketing and social media and then from now to building from the ground up those marketing plans and dipping my toes in every initiative we do is really cool because it allows us to see the association as more than one aspect, which I think is really great. We do so many amazing things. And so to be able to have a hand in all those is pretty cool and makes every day a little more interesting. One way we're very different and one way we're very similar. The way we're different is I'm a dinosaur on social media and technology and you're a rock star on that. You've always loved that part of the world, right? Yeah, definitely. And it's ever evolving is the most interesting part. I mean, you maybe hear people talk about the algorithm or I never see my friends and family post anymore. It's all sponsorship stuff. So it's always a new challenge trying to make sure that our membership and people that are interested in become members are still seeing our stuff. Of course, uh, you got a shout out, go follow United soccer coaches, United coaches on Twitter. That's where we try to have, of course, besides email, social media works as a great tool for us sending those easy reminders of scholarship applications opening 30 under 30 opening. And then of course, convention when that comes around. That's proof that you do listen to the podcast I send every week because you know I love shout outs, Bailey. So thanks for getting in there. Where I think we're similar is everybody thinks that soccer is my entire life, but I actually love all sports. And I think you're the same, right? What other sports do you like? Certainly. So um, if I'm actually challenging myself athletically, I prefer a round of golf, spending, you know, four hours on a course. That's my dream Sunday. Of course, when it's not the blazing Midwest heat that we've been experienced. I could do without that. But in high school, I golfed. If you count it, I bowled. So still a fan of a good bowling alley. But in terms of watching, I'm open to watch anything. That's that's the joy of ESPN and all their affiliate channels, right? You can see anything from the Olympics to a cornhole tournament. So there's always something to watch and always always someone to root for. You know, every guest that is on, if somehow we mention the convention they all are kind of like, man, it's amazing. So I got to believe your first exposure at the convention, I'm not sure if you were an intern or if you were full-time, but can you remember your first convention and what it was like? Yeah, it was Philadelphia in 2018 as an intern. Then I was doing a lot of just the social media side. So running around just aimlessly for different sessions, both field and lecture, making sure to stop in the exhibit hall and the different events we offer in the afternoons and evenings. There's really no energy like it when you gather that many people that have the same interests and the same passions into 
a couple rooms, it's really exciting to see the outcomes and the ideas that come from it. That's, I guess, the hardest part of marketing convention is when you feel it and you know how enticing and exciting it is, how can I convey that in words to make sure other people are seeing that and that they get the opportunity to enjoy it as well? You are still very young with a bright future in front of you. When you first started, you worked under Lynn Burley Manuel, who did an outstanding job as the CEO. Now Jeff Van Dusen, who is very much a lifer for United Soccer Coaches, has stepped in. He gets a lot of help from the entire staff, including Angie Elias saying, can you just talk about working under their leadership and what it means to you as a young employee of United Soccer Coaches? Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things that Jeff stresses and is good to hear is just the opportunity, whether that's a learning opportunity or a strategic opportunity, and just he's not afraid to explore those ideas. And that's really nice to hear as long as you're coming through with a business plan, a strategic plan, a marketing plan, he will likely stand behind you. But I mean, he stresses so much, just make sure you're coming with those aspects that need to be talked through. And so I really enjoy the openness that he is allowing you to voice your opinions, what you think might work and what products and services might help the association. And of course, how he also stresses, think like a member. And so making sure that every initiative we do, every technology upgrade, it's benefiting the member at the end of the day. And so I think as a membership association, that's the most important thing. We're here with Bailey Conklin, such a key part of the marketing team and communication team for United Soccer Coaches and a part every week. And I feel bad, Bailey, even if you took off to Hawaii or somewhere really exclusive across the Bahamas, you would still have to be involved in some way with the United Soccer Coaches Podcast 52 weeks a year, which is, a, I actually love it. As you know, I look forward to it every single week. Can you put into words what you like most outside of the podcast about coming to work every day for United Soccer Coaches? Well, I think a lot of people maybe don't realize the small operation rerun out of the national office where we're not a corporate headquarters. There's not rows and rows of cubicles of people. And so we have a tight knit team here and everyone's willing to step in and uh, maybe outside of their comfort zone to get work done. And so I would say the teammates I work with is one of the most uh, beneficial parts and especially coming from a marketing standpoint. And as I mentioned earlier, being able to work in every aspect of the association is something I hold very near and dear. It almost reminds me of agency work because it is a different job or a different audience and it's a different goal you're trying to get out of it. So I find that extremely cool, quite frankly, and it's just really good to be a part of. So I would say beyond, you know, um, bring it home a paycheck. I just really enjoy uh, the environment that we have here. Somehow, Bailey Conklin, I thought after one of those especiallys, it was going to say especially working with Dean Linky, but it didn't make it. It didn't hey, get there. I, I said teammates. Are you not a teammate, Dean? <laughs> I am a teammate. Thank you so much. Good answer. Good rebuttal. Well done, Bailey Conklin. Well, let's end with this because you've heard it a million times. In fact, you'll hear it coming up with Matt Pitcock as we're almost done with the entire 30 30- under 30 class before we rinse and repeat and do a whole nother class, but you've got a bright future in front of you. Have you thought about where you want to be 10, 15 years from now, Bailey? You know, I think it changes every day. I, mm-hmm. and it's especially working in marketing and on the digital front, it's hard to even imagine what that'll look like in 
five to 10 years. So I don't know exactly what that number one title looks like or what that next step is, but either way, I'm just happy to be involved in it. Happy to be working in a different side of sports that I don't think is usually talked about as much. And so especially working with the membership base, I think that's very unique opportunity and I'm just happy to be involved and happy to see where it goes. You absolutely crushed this interview, Bailey. I'm so glad that we did it. I'm sorry that it took so long since you mentioned shout outs as we end, you know, can you shout out where people can follow you or United soccer coaches or any other special people in your life? This has been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say first and foremost, I'm on LinkedIn, of course, under Bailey Conklin. And then, I mean, in theory, you can always break that fourth wall if you're seeing anything from United Soccer Coaches. So follow United Soccer Coaches on all social media, except Twitter, we're United Coaches, just because character limits, you know, reach out, say hi. Oh, and if you have any great marketing ideas or you want to be highlighted, I am absolutely open to any coach's story. So we love sharing those as well. All right. Great job, Bailey. Listen, I already got you Danielle and Matt's pictures and social media. If you can get this stuff from the other guests on this week's show and make sure that that person sends in their photograph and their social media, that would be perfect. Can you handle that, Bailey? I'll make sure to send them an email. <laughs> That's awesome. Bailey Conklin, always so much fun. I always enjoy talking with you and uh, so glad that you're on this week's podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dean. Bailey Conklin, what a great guest. We wrap up our show meeting another member of our 30 Under 30 class, Matt Pitcock. This is Dean Linky, longtime college soccer play-by-play -play man, reminding all college soccer coaches to amplify your upcoming season with the United Soccer Coaches College Services Program. Register now for the 2022-23 season and gain access to valuable resources you can use all season long. From educational programming to general liability insurance, the list of member benefits is endless. Make sure your program gets the recognition they deserve through All-America, Scholar All-America, Staff of the Year, and Team Awards available for College Services members. Don't miss out. Early bird registration ends October 1st, so sign up today by going to unitedsoccercoaches.org. Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team, club, or league is busy work? If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform from robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations. League Apps saves you time and headaches, less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gaps. Time to meet another outstanding member of our 30 under 30 class as we are starting to wrap up all 30 members. Today, we head out to the great state of Texas where we meet Matt Pitcock, who's an assistant coach at Hardin-Simmons, where he also played soccer, spent six years as an assistant coach, now in his sixth year. And Matt joins us now. Matt, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thank you, Dean, for having me. Uh, appreciate it. Looking forward to chatting with you and for the viewers. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And we're going to go down your journey. But right now you're in Texas. You're recruiting and coaching and doing both. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing in Dallas right now. Yeah, so right now I'm in Dallas. I've been in Dallas since Sunday. My U14 boys team participated in Dallas Cup, which is a big 
international tournament on the boys side here in Dallas. And now we just recently got eliminated. So now I'm just recruiting the older age groups and then also getting to watch some high level games at the generation Adidas Cup that's also going on in Frisco right now. So it's a lot of, a lot of good soccer here in Dallas. Yeah. Only fitting here in Dallas because Harden Simmons, the nickname for the men's team is the Cowboys. The nickname for the girls team is the Cow Girls. So we're going to kind of spray around a little bit, but what made you pick Harden Simmons coming out of high school to play your soccer? You know, honestly, I went through kind of a decision process my senior year. Um, I was, it was right when the DA was coming out on the boys side. Um, and I was choosing between taking a gap year and staying with the DA or uh, going to college. And kind of a last minute situation turned out that our head coach, who's currently my boss um, at Harden Simmons, coached high school soccer with my uncle for a long period of time. And I decided that I wanted to go the college route and not take a gap year. And that was one of the last schools that still had an offer for me a week into preseason. So I missed all two days, but it wound up being the right situation. So it all worked out. Well, you ended up getting a bachelor's degree in economics with a business administration exercise science minor from Hardin-Simmons. So you came out of there with several degrees. That's pretty awesome. You also have a master's from Hardin-Simmons. What'd you get your master's in? I got my master's in just the traditional business administration route. So just the traditional MBA. Okay. Before we talk about your youth days, particularly since you're also coaching youth soccer, in addition to being an assistant coach at your alma mater, what made Harden Simmons special? Can you tell us a little bit more about it? It's division three, right? It is. You know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, when I went to Harden Simmons, I was, my plan was to be there a year and then transfer on somewhere else. But, uh, I just kind of fell in love with the campus, fell in love with the people, the coaches, uh, my teammates, and everything just made me want to stay. And uh, it being such a special place is the reason I did decide to come back after I graduated, moved on to somewhere else, and then uh, kind of brought me back just because of how special a university it really is. And your best memory as a player at Hardin-Simmons, your best memory in your six years of coaching at Hardin-Simmons? As a player, definitely the conference championships. Winning conference championships was always fun as a player. And then as a coach, wow, um, there's been some some crazy, crazy highs, some crazy lows. But I would definitely say beating Trinity University a couple of years ago, three to one uh, in Dallas, actually, at a neutral location, because they've just been the pinnacle of Division three soccer down here in the South. And so to finally get to beat them in my early years as a coach, that was a big one. I like it. All right. So you're in Dallas now coaching youth soccer. So it's a double question. Tell us where you played most of your youth soccer, how you got started, and then end with who you're coaching right now in youth soccer. Yeah. So I grew up in Dallas, uh, growing up in the Dallas Metroplex, uh, which is one of the premier areas of all youth soccer. Um, I was fortunate enough to have some really great coaches, you know, Hassan Nazari from Dallas Texans, Kevin Smith from Solar, Ed Puskarich from Texas Football Club. You know, I three really legendary coaches in the Dallas area um, I got to have during my formative years those things have stuck with me to where I am now and now I'm coaching on the youth side with Sting Soccer Club I'm the director of the West Texas branch and so we have 15 teams right now in West Texas and Abilene so we're growing that there but we do travel in to Dallas uh, weekly for our league game so every week we're coming in three hours to play our league matches you know just trying to develop commitment from you know those players in West Texas and showing them that 
you know, they have a spot in Dallas. They they can compete. They can showcase their talent and just grow the game in the west side of Texas. We're here with Matt Pitcock. He, we talked about uh, his youth days. Then he also said he was going to take a gap year, then decided to go to Harden-Simmons. And it ended up great, great enough where he could actually go play professionally in Switzerland for at least a year. Can you talk about that experience for us, Matt, please? Yeah, it was um, it was great. Um, I actually scout that came over, um, watched me in preseason before my senior year at Harden-Simmons. He, I guess, saw something in me, so he was able to get me a couple trials um, with different clubs in in the capital of Switzerland, in Bern. And so I went over there after I graduated in the August. I was there for a month on trial with two clubs, and then finally I I signed with the second club I was on trial with, and I was there a year before making the decision to transition to coaching all right so what was it about coaching that drew you in Matt when did you know you had that coaching bug you know I think I think just the uh, I got the opportunity in the summers um, in my college years to go um, with a company called Stars and Stripes International Soccer Tours um, and take kids to Europe for three weeks during the summer and when I was there that was my kind of my first taste of actual coaching being around those kids getting to do the international trips being on the field all those things I was like I just can't I can't let this go you know invested in it and so once soccer on the field as a player came to an end I knew I wanted to stay on the grass I want to stay on the field daily and then just impact kids the way coaches have impacted me over the course of my time as a player. One of the highlights listed in your bio, Matt, is that you coached the finalist Denton Diablos U13 Academy in the summer of 2021, not that long ago, in the Monterey Cup of Mexico. That sounds pretty solid. It was. It was, uh, it was good to finally travel internationally post-COVID because I haven't been able to take any international trips up until then um, since COVID started. So that was great to get to take this group of kids, you know, international to Monterey, got to play against four professional youth academies. And then we got to the final and we lost in the final, but getting there and getting to expose these kids to just a different environment and play against four top level professional academies in, in Mexico was, was a great experience. Here with Matt Pitcock, and we're going to get ready to ask him about why he wanted to be a member of the 30 under 30 class. But before we do, I always love talking to people in Texas because I always feel like they're great sports fans. So are you all in on the Cowboys and the other Dallas teams or who are your sports allegiances? Who do they go to, Matt? So definitely football, Dallas Cowboys, basketball, Dallas Mavs, soccer. I will say I'm a Manchester City fan and a Celtic fan and then college sports Notre Dame fighting Irish all the way oh really okay so tell me about that connection how did how was it Notre Dame just I guess getting raised in a family that was all Catholic Notre Dame fans that's all I remember watching growing up was Notre Dame sports on NBC uh every Saturday so I guess I guess that and just having family from that area just diehard Notre Dame fan I live and die with them one thing about Matt Pitcock, unrelated to soccer, that maybe people don't know, like what's something about you that's outside of the soccer world that people might find interesting, Matt? If I could be anything right now, it would be a professional golfer. Uh, anytime I'm not on the soccer field, I love to be on a golf course. Um, you know, I go every year, me, a group of my high school buddies, we go on a kind of a Ryder Cup golf trip where we take 16 guys and go 8v8 um, at a different you know location across the United States. So golf is definitely my one hobby outside of soccer that I'm passionate about. 
That is cool. And that's one way to stay connected. You're good friends. Don't let that die, you know, because obviously, you know, families are going to grow. People are going to start having kids and stuff, but that's a great way to stay connected to your good buddies, right? Yep, exactly. Okay. So now you're rolling along. You've got that coaching bug. You're making the most of it. You get back at your alma mater. You're still mm -hmm. coaching youth. You're probably coaching camps. You're doing it all. You were traveling a little bit as well, as you mentioned with Stars and Stripes International Soccer Tours. When did you find out about United Soccer Coaches? And just as important, Matt, when did you find out about the 30 under 30 program? Honestly, I found out about United Soccer Coaches four or five years ago when someone asked me if I was going to the convention um, in the coaching world. And I was like, to be honest, I was like, what, what convention? And that's when, um, you know, I first got introduced to United Soccer Coaches and to the convention. And I was like, well, that sounds like fun. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll go check it out. And so I went to my first convention uh, in Chicago and when I went there, it just blew my mind. Uh, all the coaches in one, you know, environment, all wanting to make the game better uh, for the players. And, you know, it just drew me in. And I was like, I, I have to be a member of this. I, I have to come to the convention every single year. I will not miss a convention. Um, and just just every, every, it seems like every coach is wanting to support each other. And it's not a competitive environment. We're just, we're all coaches all trying to do the same thing and impact players. And so that's, that's why it drew me in and, you know, why I love United Soccer Coaches. As far as 30 under 30, you know, that was something that I found out about when one of my coaching colleagues uh, down at Trinity, Edward Cartier, he won. He was a former winner of it uh, years ago. And it that interested me out, you know, it was something, yes, I wanted to chase after. And so I actually applied for it uh, multiple years and, and, and didn't, didn't receive it. Um, I know it's competitive and... Turns out, you know, I turned 30 this year and I was able to finally get it this year. So I guess uh, everything works out on plan. But yeah, just something that I wanted to achieve. I wanted to get a mentor. I wanted to be more involved in United Soccer Coaches. So I just kept kept pursuing it, kept, kept putting my application in, hoping that I would be lucky enough to get it. And sure enough, this year, it turned out that I was. And Matt, can you share with us who your mentor is as part of yeah, the program? So, yeah, so my mentor is Johnny Collins. It's actually crazy story a kid I, a kid I was actually recruiting from Florida um, originally from Japan I was emailing him with him the other day and he said that his school his academy that he's at in Florida changed names and I remembered my mentor saying that he just took a job at an academy in Florida and it turned out they're at the exact same academy and so I gave my mentor a phone call and I said hey there's this kid I'm recruiting from, from Florida. I think he's at the academy you're working at. And he's like, who is it? And I told him the name and he goes, I'm sitting with him right now. <laughs> and sure enough, the next week he sent him out on a flight to come visit us. And I think he's going to end up coming and playing for us next year in the fall. So it's crazy how all those things kind of just align. Uh, but that's what's so beautiful about United Soccer Coaches. Just those connections that you never would have expected just pop up and just that network of, of coaches and someone always knows somebody else and always willing to help. And, you know, that's, I think it was great about it. That's a great answer. And really nice of you to tie it into United soccer coaches. If you've listened to any of my interviews, my last question is always that crystal ball question. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes, you know what people say, I'm fine right where I am, but have you thought about where you want to be 10, 15 years from now, Matt Pitcock? I have, you know, I'd like 10, 15 years from now, the two things I'd like to be uh, would either be a professional scout. That's something that's always piqued my kind of interest. I love traveling. I love watching soccer. Um, I love finding hidden talent. 
So being a professional scout is something that I aspire to be. But apart from that, just kind of being, you know, director of a, you know, youth side on a professional level, a professional academy, whether, you know, FC Dallas, Columbus Crew, San Jose Earthquakes, just somewhere in the professional youth academy is where I, in 10, 15 years I'd like to be at. All right, folks, remember when you're thinking about future stars, keep an eye on Matt Pitcock. He's back at his alma mater, which is awesome. Harden Simmons Cowboys, where he was a great player. Now he's an assistant coach, and he also works with Sting, one of the most renowned youth soccer clubs in the United States. Matt Pitcock, great job. You knocked it out of the park. Thanks for being on this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. Hey, thank you for having me. I hope to speak to you again. I want to thank Matt Pitcock, Danielle Slayton, and Bailey Conklin for being outstanding guests. I want to thank all the great people at United Soccer Coaches, including Jeff Van Dusen, Brandon Milburn, Erica Dyer, and the gang. My producer is Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them and all of you, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by League Apps. Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about League Apps, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.